The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. And welcome back to another season recap here on MNCAA. Your host, Nick Max, and you're joining you. Also joining me this afternoon is Gophers Affectionado Drew Cove. Uh, Drew, how you doing? Thanks for jumping on in here in the middle of May. Not hockey season. Yeah. Hey, no, I'm doing good. Doing pretty good, Nick. Uh, yeah, just some Stanley Cup playoffs uh, in the background. And you know what? It's, uh, it's that time of year. So, and the best time is when uh, when, when you, you can, there's, there's I guess series like Battle of Alberta and the Battle for Florida. So yes, always uh, a good time of year. Battle of Alberta always fun, especially in the playoffs. The second ever meeting only of the Battle of Florida, and the first one last year. Yeah, so I was yeah, it's disappointing amazing. that last one. It just seemed a little lopsided. But let's hope this one, uh, obviously, game one in. Let's knock on wood that it goes to seven. Right. Uh, I picked Florida to go all the way to the Cup final, but it's hard to really top Tampa right now. Uh, that's yeah. that, that team's a wagon. They just seem to find a way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which transitions nicely, actually a team that sort of found its way um, towards the end of the year, the Minnesota golden Gophers. Uh, we'll obviously touch on uh, a little bit more of the reasons why as we get further into the contest, but we're here to do a little bit of a recap of the Gophers, uh, which had an up and down season to say the least, um, mm-hmm. but really turned it on when it mattered. So Drew, what's, We'll start by sort of the preseason expectations uh, for this Gopher squad. I don't really know if there was a whole lot. Uh, I think there was anticipation that this team could take a step. Uh, but can you recap for us about where was the attitude amongst the fan base uh, going into the season with the team uh, and how they were moving things forward, especially after um, a regional final uh, appearance the year prior? Yeah, I think uh, the expectations were, uh, I mean, I think they were somewhat high. I think for a, a fan base that's been clamoring, obviously, for the team to be good and saying, okay, play play good teams, play the rivals, and we'll we'll come back and we'll, we'll be uh, the fan base that they were when the North Stars left, basically. That's kind of peak, I think, of Gopher fan in that seven years without <laughs> NHL hockey because what else did everyone have to watch? So, um, right. <laughs> I think – it it's it's always the struggle to say oh yeah man I wish it was mid nineties again as a go for hockey fan but um it, it got it it definitely improved and obviously I think the lowest of lows was I mean the beginning of the Big Ten and the middle of the Big Ten when the Gophers kind of fell off from winning the first four uh, Big Ten titles uh, regular season titles that is um, and they kind of trailed off a little bit and then it ended and kind of ending the Don Lucia era and uh, beginning the Bob Monsko era so. Um, I think fans had a little high expectations because uh, most of the, so much of the team was coming back this year. Um, you had the, 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 the goaltender of the year, obviously um, coming back in Jack LaFontaine. Um, I, I would say uh, Dryden McKay has entered the chat, but yeah, I know. I feel like we got to, we got we to gotta ob- just obligatory bring up that, that award and yeah. and how that, how that turned out a year ago, but Hey, you know what? 
he's got the Hobie. I don't think he can really, I don't think, uh, I don't think a lot of people can come after it anymore. So, um, no, but, <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think the, I, I think the Gophers had some pretty high expectations with the team coming back, um, kind of falling a little flat in, in the game against Mankato that they really wanted to have back. And they said, okay, let's just, it's in-state rival. It's perfect. This is what we want. This is what we want to see. We want to be back there. So, um, Gopher fans, I think, had some pretty high expectations coming in, especially as the the schedule um, laid out against a lot of those uh, familiar teams that that the, these this fan base really wants to be seeing a lot. They were they were anticipatory of the way that the season was going to start, and uh, um, yeah, I, I think I yeah, I guess we'll get into it and in as to how that turned out. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, expectations were moderately to somewhat high after uh, definitely a drought in NCAA tournament appearances and um, kind of conference dominance when Penn state took over there for a little bit. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a resurgence the year prior. Right. And mm -hmm. then the non-conference schedule. Um, I think this was the most excited uh, Gophers fans had been in some time uh, for non-conference schedules. I almost, you could almost make the argument that a lot of the Minnesota schools were happy with the non-conference schedules. Uh, a lot of the interstate rivals that uh, had been broken up with the uh, dismantling of the WCHA conference in 2013. So you had the likes uh, again uh, of uh, let's say Alaska, um, St. Cloud, uh, you had Duluth on the schedule was, you know, you could say Wisconsin's in there, but how about that? North Dakota, finally, mm -hmm. that's been a travesty. Yeah. Um, and it actually started off a little bit kind of crazy. First ever series against Alaska never happened. It was postponed. Again, this was at a time where uh, COVID was still a thing, uh, and I should say a major thing. So there still was question marks as to whether a regular season schedule um, could be executed. But mm -hmm. non-conference-wise, Drew, this team... I think delivered when they needed to um, and uh, kind of set the bar, even though it, it wasn't a route by any means, but I think there were some positive signs early with their non-conference schedule. Yeah. And I think the barometer for fans and honestly, I think uh, the team and the coaches alike, they're going to say, okay, if we, if we want to be competitive this season, we wanted to really make, make some, some kind of difference at the, at the national level. They say, well, we got to be, we got to see how competitive we are against St. Cloud and Minnesota Duluth, two of the top class programs in the country. And I don't think that's just, I don't think that's just a, a, a regional and Minnesota um, kind of inflation of that, uh, that capability. I think they've obviously, I mean, everyone knows what Duluth's done in the last, in the last five years in terms of uh, Average. making national yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. yeah. Um, and St. Cloud's been uh, number one uh, for, uh, I mean, at different periods, and they've obviously struggled in once in tournament me. time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Gophers have had those same struggles too. But uh, And I'm sure a lot of those teams say when the Gophers are good, I'm sure next year um, Minnesota will be a barometer for some of those teams and, and mm -hmm. uh, just to see how good they are and because um, they're going to come back deep again. But uh, it's it, I, I think it really – showed that the Gophers were ready to go when they were able to really hold their own against St. Cloud and Duluth. Um, obviously the, I think they both went splits if I'm remembering correctly, but uh, um, it, 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 it's, that's kind of what you want against it. What you are, expect to see when you're playing a really good team and like, like the adage in college hockey, you know, it's just, it's, re it's really tough to get a sweep every weekend. And um, I know we'll get into it and how easy kind of that got a little bit for the Gophers near the end, but uh um, it's, it's, it's tough to do against those teams, especially when you don't know what kind of team you are. You have so little practice time together to start the season, the way the NCAA works is to 
kind of making that a little difficult for teams to kind of get cohesive early. So it's on these games to really team for teams to find their identity. And I think the Gophers really set that expectation and set that, um, set that identity um, against those in-state rivals. And then we get out of the non-conference schedule here, Drew. And then it was, uh, I think the theme you could put this first half was, was um, inconsistent, I think is the best way to phrase it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is basically split after split after split. Now Mm -hmm. you get swept by Duluth. You go over to Notre Dame. um, I should say over to Mariucci and welcome in Notre Dame. um, And you pick up a sweep to kind of redeem yourself. Then it's a win-loss against Wisconsin, win-loss against Ohio State, win-loss against Penn State. I think that kind of drove home the bus, win-loss North Dakota, win-loss Michigan. And that takes us through basically to the end of the first half. And, you know, when we talked throughout the season of the squad, it was, you know, there are positive signs in the wins. There's positive signs in the losses, but it was, there was never a collaborative full 60 minute effort. Um, What did you see, especially uh, during the first half where it just seemed like they couldn't just string a couple of wins together, even though at times, even during the losses, they looked good. And some of those losses though, they let some get away too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it would, I think you were right in saying it's inconsistent, but I think they were for so long, they were so consistently inconsistent in terms of they one. I mean, the, the Gophers team that showed up in the second half showed up on one night and then a team that, that forgot that like how, who they were really played on those other nights. And, I mean, they, they lost some pretty tough games. They lost games to teams they really should not have lost to. I mean, near the end of the season, um, it was when you're watching pairwise standings, uh, that loss to Alaska really kills them. I mean, mm-hmm. it, they have it, the Gophers in, in any state of their of, of, the, of the program, even at their lowest, getting losing to Alaska. I mean, that should happen one out of every 10 times. Maybe this was the one time, but when they're this good, um, and when they had this much talent and this much experience back on the roster, they're, they're, that that loss really could have killed them. And I think it it did it it likely did cost them a number one overall um, out of out of the out of the tournament seating. Also, um, Michigan not having to play Western Michigan, but I digress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, it, and you you look at how just inconsistent that was, um, and obviously turned it on a little bit after that, but that might've, maybe that was a wake up, wake up call for them to say, okay, we can't, we can't, do we really want to waste our time the rest of the season if we just are going to lose a type of game to Alaska? And obviously it's not trying to just be down on Alaska, all that, but uh, I mean, Minnesota has a distinct recruiting advantage and talent advantage over Alaska. Mm-hmm. Their team should be better. Uh, like I said, nine times out of 10 and, realistically it should be better 10 times out of 10. So, um, but it's hockey, so things, things happen, but um, yeah, it, it, it just, it, it was so distinctly different on a, in a, in a, in a hundred full one twenty minutes of a weekend that 60 would be one team, 60 would be the other. And it was just, it, it was, it, you, you never knew. And for a while we didn't know if that, if, if that the good team was going to come out for a, a whole weekend. Yeah, and I think, Drew, the, the biggest thing, and you mentioned Alaska, but we're forgetting the exhibition against St. Thomas where St. Thomas uh, really put up a fight uh, against the Gophers. And I think this is where a lot of the more, you know, uh, you know, I guess Ari concerns come through, right? Um, you know, and again, national under-18, again, exhibition, you know, I don't put too much stock in that. Uh, you beat up Michigan State, you split against Alaska, Um 
you split against Michigan, you split against Notre Dame. Uh, and at this point, if I remember correctly, Drew, this was a time where the Gophers were, I think, either 10th or 11th in the pairwise. And you just got the sense that when is this team going to click? And if they don't, uh, if some mm-hmm. other teams start putting some wins together, uh, the Gophers could be in you know trouble territory, for lack mm-hmm. of a better phrase. Um, and you kind of wonder what clicked, right? So what did happen? Um, again, so what, what's this recap real quick so I can set you up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, after you, uh, split against Notre Dame in, uh, in, uh, uh, at their barn, a sweep against Michigan state, you sweep Ohio state, you sweep Penn state. Although that game, uh, was a game number two. He had to c- crawl back from a three, nothing deficit. And then yep. you destroy a Wisconsin team that was certainly looking, uh, to the postseason. something clicked. Mm-hmm. What happened? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously like lost in the shuffle here in terms of the way the season went. Um, obviously, Jack LaFontaine left in the middle of the season and uh, given kind of handing the starting reins to an absolutely unproven um, goaltender at the college level and especially playing for a team like Minnesota that's going to be playing in, in the stakes that they are um, normally and playing against competition that they are. Um, and obviously with most of the big 10 being a, a pretty formidable conference at this point. Um, but, and that kind of leads me to my next point too. The Gophers got, um, they, they definitely got, um, I shouldn't say lucky with the way the schedule turned out, but they got, they got, they were fortunate. Um, they were benefactors that, uh, that Michigan state, Wisconsin and Penn state all had down years and they were at the end of the season, end of the schedule, um, through their season, um, that is to say, also, if Minnesota would have lost any of those, any any one of those games against the in, in of those six, that really could have cost them uh, for, for even just making the tournament. Period. If they were a 10 11 on the bubble, then I think we were saying at the time that that would have been a really, really disappointing way to kind of go out and say you lose a couple close ones to get to, to a couple of those teams. Um, and they just needed to take advantage and they kind of took control of their destiny. They, they got they got behind just new close and they really closed up their defense. Um, which I think really makes uh, obviously a lot of sense as they say, okay, we don't want to let this guy, not, not that he doesn't have the chops, but we don't know what he has. He's played a period against the U S under 18 team in his whole career. So the team doesn't really, I mean, from they, they can see what they see in practice, but against the other, uh, the opposition, they want to say, okay, not that we're going to let this guy embarrass himself or we, we think he's going to embarrass himself, but let's close up. So he doesn't look bad in case, in case that's something that happens, you know, let, let's, let's, let's make, let's make our defense um, one of the best in, in all of college hockey to make sure that, you know what, this guy looks good. We look good. And they push to the end of the season. And obviously a senior leadership core that needed to, um, that, that had uh, not necessarily a legacy to define, but uh, they had, they had a few, they don't have any chances left at the can to get to, to get to where they obviously didn't at the end of the season, but um, to get to that national championship. And they really turned it on and said, okay, this is, this is our time to shine. They, they absolutely uh, they, they took care of business against teams they should have. Um, and obviously, I think of the last three losses in the regular season, two were to Michigan, and, uh, and they went on a game winning streak to finish out the season. Hey, SodaPod listeners. Just want to give a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. They want to remind you that you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province, you can still hit the ice 
for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or Daily Fantasy and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And in that eight-game winning streak, uh, Drew, uh, the goal differential, 37 goals for only 11 goals against and all but one of those games it was two goals or less allowed by the golfer squad which leads us to uh the big 10 tournament right so, so the golfers by proxy mm-hmm. do win the regular season big 10 championship um think you're welcome for your participation medal let's move on no i'm kidding um <laughs> which gets you a first round bye um and then you end up uh drawing penn state um a little bit closer than a lot of Gophers fans wanted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about the game against Michigan. And I, I bring that up because I was alive in the mid-90s, able to go to Mariucci and watch hockey. And every time I went to Mariucci, which was not as often as I wanted to, but that was the ticket in town. There was no wild yet. The North Stars had left. Um, that building was rocking every single uh, every single night that that team was there. And with uh, a good friend of mine, Ben Holden, on the call um, and just seeing the atmosphere um, that was in that building for a goal for hockey game, regardless of the outcome, which was a tough loss against a very good Wolverine team, uh, my goodness, what a hockey game that was um, and, and what a show uh, for Mariucci. And, you, and as you alluded to in the beginning, this was what Gophers fans had been probably kind of panning up in themselves mm-hmm. for quite some time now yeah i mean it there were numerous times this year i I think i looked and i i I kind of looked around and said you know what i think go for hockey's back you know and and just not from the competitive standpoint they were going to be there at some point but i think from a fan engagement standpoint and um the the fan base not necessarily the old fan base that had long ago kind of said all right if, if we're not playing north dakota four times a year and and those teams four times a year, those fans are gone and they're not coming back because they're not going to be playing. They're not going to be doing that um, in the anywhere near future. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's a matter of getting uh, a younger fan base, getting, getting this involved and making the student section really, really uh, impactful again. And obviously that showed when um, a lot of those, the end of the season, even the regular season, they, they had to expand the student section by two full sections. And that whole end cap was, just students. And that's, that's obviously the, the atmosphere you want for college hockey. And that's kind of the difference maker, the band, the students. And that's kind of what, that, that, that's what, that's, that's the difference of college hockey and why it's fun too. Um, but I mean, if, if you look at that Michigan game, uh, Sands some throwing stuff on the ice, but uh, the fans were juiced and ready to go. But uh, um, it, you, you really say that that moment, okay, go for hockey is back. The, the fan base, it, it go for hockey matters that that's mm-hmm. what it, that's in in such a crowded sports market in the twin cities like that that game showed that okay this isn't just uh this just isn't just like an also ran and people like kind of they, they think of oh the gophers play last night oh what, what was the score and then they forget about it 10 seconds later this is where okay this was an event people cared about it and they went and they they absolutely had a great time except for the loss 
um, but they wanted to have a great time. And and I think the Gophers are going to be able to deliver that, deliver on that in the future. But um, it, it just, it really showed that uh, the program has come a long way in the last uh, five, six, seven years from kind of some, the, the lowest of low uh, kind of, from from fan in, in from a fan engagement standpoint, uh, they've really come a long way, and uh, doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. I, I don't think so. And then uh, you you lick your chops very quickly, right? You go over to uh, Worcester, uh, Massachusetts, as it's so called properly pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a big overtime win against uh, the defending champion Massachusetts Minutemen. Uh, then uh, just a, a couple of days later, take down a very good Western Michigan team who had just won their first ever NCAA tournament game just a few days ago themselves. Uh, unfortunately for Western Michigan, you talk about growing pains. This is one of them. But for the Gophers, this was a spot where they hit the the proverbial brick wall last year, able to come through, beat the Broncos 3-0. And this is where you get your opportunity for redemption, Drew. Um, and for Gophers fans, for the players that were there last year, this was what you wanted. This is the matchup you probably worked all season for. So what happened? Yeah, they uh, they definitely they didn't do what they wanted to do against uh, Mankato. They I think they got away a lot from their game that they made them so so dominant against uh, uh, UMass and, and and Western that just really it, it was a little disappointing to see to say oh man this team just was so close and they had it and they and obviously I don't think that's that's not necessarily a slight on Mankato too Manca- Mankato really pushed and and they're such a deep physical team that. They they worked the Gophers off a lot of uh, off of pucks, keeping them way on the perimeter. The Gophers didn't have any chance like they were against uh, some of the. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't call them like a lack of depth, but just there was less depth on Western and UMass than there is on on Mankato, and the Gophers were able to exploit that, considering they have four pretty decent lines um, this past season, and I think they were able to to finally wear down on some of those some of those lines to to get some penetration in the middle um but Mankato never let that up and uh obviously it showed in the final score that they were headed to the the national championship game but uh, um yeah just uh, another another disappointing end uh, for the Gophers against uh, their 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 kind of I I guess I would say I can't say newfound rival to the south because I mean obviously in the last 5 6 years uh, Mankato's really um, become one of the the class the class acts in college hockey, and uh, certainly hadn't been a traditional power um, through for for much of the Gophers' existence for sure. But now, obviously, in the last five ten years, Mankato's um, they they've definitely usurped the Gophers in terms of uh, of, of, of national prominence um, um, in 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 this time frame, and just being ranked number one so long. But uh, uh, yeah, the Gophers. I think uh, the players that were on this team. They'll look to have another matchup against against uh, against the Mavs soon, and, uh, and and I think they'll be. I mean, they might be gripping the sticks a little bit tighter, but uh, it, it, who knows? I don't I don't know how that game will go with the different roster construction that's going to take place and when that game takes place, and uh, kind of not knowing the schedule for for next season really at all. Um, uh, we do know actually, yeah, that the Gophers will be playing against the Mavericks at some point, so depending on when that happens and the identity is of the team and kind of figuring it out if it's early in the season might be a little bit dicier, but I think as the season, if it's in the kind of in the middle of the season, we'll see if, uh, uh, if that could be a really, really, really intense matchup. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, Andrew, I think uh, I'll, I'll jump, I'll piggyback off your point with the uh, the reconstruction, right? Because uh, again, the, the Gophers uh, go up against uh, what was probably one of the best teams in all of college hockey, um, you know, in the frozen four. So the Gophers do get back to, you could say the hockey promise line in college hockey. Uh, Mavs again, just, I mean, they suffocated every opponent and the only time you know that unfortunately mm. we saw them break any character was in the national championship game so sad to see a, a local you could say you know minnesota neighboring school uh get an opportunity to to hoist the first ever national championship and fall just short so that was unfortunate but for the gophers um speaking of unfortunate um you know you, you look at a roster that as you mentioned very talented um young I think was the other thing too, right, Drew? And then all of a sudden the transfer mm -hmm. portal opens up and some other news too. Um, I think you get some good news and Matthew Nye's stain, um, but some other news that wasn't so great and maybe some that weren't expected too. So uh, let's talk about how this goal for roster may look, uh, at least for what we know, a little bit different as we head into the 22-23 season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, obviously the two biggest uh, points I think are uh, Chaz Lucius signing uh, with the Winnipeg Jets after just a year and being injured near the end of the season too, and kind of uh, not really finding too much of a place uh, on this on on this roster, and uh, kind of him bailing a little bit early. Um, obviously, I, I I think I've made the comparison to to Casey Middlestat. I think obviously uh, Chaz has had less success at the college level um, so far. Um, I mean, he can't really say so far anymore. He doesn't really have a chance at it, but again, but right. uh, um, I, I think Casey was here. He was ready to make some strides. Um, he had a decent season and then he left. And I think Chaz has done the same thing in terms of um, not fully, um, not fully taking advantage of this level to get physical. If you get what I mean, I, just to get, mm -hmm. and I, to get NHL ready. There's a reason why those, why a lot of those, like, why play, like a player like Ben Myers can suit up in the NHL and he can look, he can look ready for that that level. And that's why, the, like, the players that are playing for Mankato, those 23, 24 year olds that graduate and then they sign, they're able to play in the NHL right away because they've they've played so long at this level to get either at junior to get physical to here to get to build up the body. And um, I, I think that's something that he's gonna maybe want back um who knows if he would have stayed maybe he would have had a chance to get that to get that better or who knows maybe he just he, he finds that stride in the ahl somewhere because i don't think uh unless he really shows something out of training camp i don't think he's making that that team but uh obviously that's a high flying uh kind of scoring um guy that the gophers uh are gonna miss and miss the chance to develop and turn into somebody that's really really uh, capable of this level but also a guy who was on his line occasionally, uh, Tristan Bros transfers. Um, he enters the transfer portal. He's got, he's got three years left, and he's a guy who had a lot of success near the end of the season. And I thought he had a really good couple games in the in the regional and the NCAA's. And I think he was one of the guys that stood out the most to me in terms of just he was. He's not the most. He's not the biggest guy, but he was willing to really be physical and kind of work work the game plan, even though he, it doesn't really, it wasn't necessarily the best fit for him. Um, mm -hmm. But he, and he made it work. That's, I mean, that's, that's the effort of hockey too. He made it, he made it work and he made some guys um, look really confused and a little lost out there. But 
And then uh, he, he goes out and transfers. Um, now he's at uh, Denver, the reigning national champions. Uh, the rich get richer, I guess. And I think he, he's going to have a great – if, if he can stay there for another three years, they're going to they're gonna have a really, really good player for, for mm-hmm. three straight years if he, if he wants to stay that long. But uh, um, obviously a Pittsburgh Penguins draft pick, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll likely have the chance to leave early if he, if he has another season like he did the last half of this one. Who knows how long he'll stay, though. But uh, – um, yeah, I think that's a significant loss. Um, I think those those two are, are kind of the biggest um, changes, I think, for the Gophers, too. But uh, um, I think Bros is definitely by far the biggest loss. But, I mean, you think about it, too, with if guys that are coming back. Brock Faber didn't have to come back. Likely mm-hmm. <laughs> likely would have had that. He, he could have signed the day, I mean, on the plane home um, from the, Nash, uh, the, the, the Frozen Four. Um, but he decides to come back. Matthew Nyes decides to come back. So... Um, they got a couple wins there where I don't think Nyser was going to leave, but I was almost certain that Faber was going to take that chance and get the paycheck. And um, obviously he's coming back now. So I think that's, that's a, that's definitely a win. And obviously you're going to have a couple, but now with the transfer portal being so, uh, so widely utilized by just about anybody. Um, it's, yeah, it's kind of the name of the game now. Who can you get to stay and who, uh, what, what's the impact of the guys that stay versus the impact of the guys that left. Yeah, it's it's tough for sure. Uh, Grant Crookshank uh, transferring out to uh, the Huskies was saying Cloud uh, that mm-hmm. he was kind of rumored to kind of be in between both of those teams before last season. Um, Jack Perbix um, entering the transfer portal and after, as my last check, which was just Monday, had not seen a commitment from Jack on a new team um, as well. So still some moving parts. And again, the Gophers could take advantage of the of the portal if they wanted to. Um, you're still an open recruiting line. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I think Perbix went to, I think he's going to be at Western next year. Oh, is that? I, okay. Yeah. Okay. I may have missed that. So, but uh, nonetheless, uh, a role player who, as you mentioned before the show, we, we discussed maybe looking for a, a more, uh, you know, I guess a bigger time role, maybe a top six mm-hmm. role. Um, you know, see what happens, right? He's got a great coach and Pat Firstweiler there at West Western, if that's indeed uh, where he ends up. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the Gophers overall a successful season, right, Drew? And in, in 30 mm-hmm. seconds, um, does that mean the bar now is even higher for the Gophers as we enter the 22-23 season? Um, I think it's obviously uh, making the tournament is a bare minimum. I think for this team, um, as it usually should be, when Gopher hockey is humming, that's the bare minimum making the tournament. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I just wonder a little bit on, uh, is, was, was close magic in a bottle? Um, I mean, is that going to be something that, uh, is he going to be a, another really stellar, um, goaltender here for a whole season, um, this time around? Um, or do they still bring someone in to maybe make a tandem or is it Barashkevich? Is that, is it somebody that's going to be able to, to take um, take some starts away or at least be ready if close falters. And not to say that he is, but I'm just saying that is kind of a question mark with a guy who hadn't played a lot. He played half a season at a really high level. Um, and you never know because goalies are weird. So um, it's uh, I think the defensive core is going to be – I think it's going to be in decent shape with uh, Jackson Lacombe coming back as well um, alongside Brock Faber. I think those two, especially second half of the season, those two are the best the Gophers had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ryan Johnson is coming back as well. I don't think he's going to be signing with the Sabres unless I missed that and just threw that out of my mind. But um, I think he obviously has been, he, I think he struggled a little bit this year, but I think having some of that experience come back 
is going to be really important to it's going to be really important to this team, especially defensively. I think the Gophers are always going to be fine offensively, um, and uh, having Matthew Nyes come back, and uh, obviously the addition of Logan Cooley after he decommitted from uh, Notre Dame and coming here. That's going to be at uh, <laughs> the Gophers. Gophers fans will have a, have a, a real treat if those guys are playing together. And obviously, at the power play, you think it would be. Um, but my goodness, that would be um, at the very least in the power play. But that, that'll be that'll be a fun offensive tandem there. Um, but I, th- I think it, kind of setting that all up, I think they have a chance to, to make it um, to at least the final of a regional and making the Frozen Four. I don't think it's out of bounds. I don't think that's the the bare minimum expectation. I don't think that's that's kind of a, a given assumed by a lot of people. But I think it's a realistic goal is making making the Frozen Four and. Uh, at the very least, make a regional, uh, kind of make a regional final, win a game in the postseason. I think, uh, I mean, but obviously, way too early. It's May of 2022. We still have a lot of time to go to see how this roster plays out, to see how uh, obviously the non-conference schedule um, against some of those tough teams will go in the in the uh, regular season. That we will keep an eye on the Golden Gophers. Again, Drew Cove, thank you very, very much for joining us as we recap again the Golden Gophers 21-22 season here on MNCAA. Please follow us on social media on Twitter, MN underscore NCAA. And we hope to see you back again with us next week. Thanks for joining